0: Feel the Holy Ghost Don't you? God is good to us And I'm thankful for his presence Thank you Jesus Thank you Jesus Let's slip our hands up Before we go to the word of the Lord Come on somebody Just slip up your hand Hallelujah Jesus Could we be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now? Let's allow his spirit to move in this place. Hallelujah. Dear Lord, I'm praying right now that your word, that we're about to open up and go to God, I pray that it would minister to us in this place and that you would speak to somebody in this service. Amen. amen. Praise God. Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8 and verse number 34. We'll begin there with one verse and then we'll go to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 8 and 34. If you have that, say amen. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also... This is Jesus. He said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Look at your neighbor and say, follow me. Mark 10 and 17 we will go two chapters forward. I always enjoy the gospel of Mark. Mark was... Always the most concise Of the writers He was the He was the short-winded preacher Luke was a doctor And he was the long-winded preacher Mark 10 and 17 And when he was gone forth into the way There came one running And kneeled to him and asked him Good master What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So he asked him a question And Jesus said unto him Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. I'd love to explore that. Don't you believe that Jesus is God manifest in the flesh? Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And when he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I have observed from my youth since I was a child. Then Jesus beholding him loved him. I love that about this particular telling this story. When Jesus beheld him, he loved him. How many know that Jesus loves you today? And said unto him, one thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatever thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. I'm not going to preach about this, but I'd like you to notice verse 21. Jesus, beholding him, loved him. He didn't say, out of love, go and do whatever you want, did he? Because that's not what love does. Love demands what is best for us. Can you say, praise the Lord? And I'd like to preach from this subject this morning fan or follower fan, or follower. Could you put your Bibles down one more time and could we just magnify the Lord? Somebody just lift up your voice one more time. Hallelujah, Jesus. Precious Lord, we love you today. I'm thankful for this great cloud of witnesses, people here, Lord, who have came to magnify you. And I thank you for their presence. I pray that you would touch the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name. Someone said, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. Thank you for worshiping. You may be seated. Today, and I don't know the exact time, but today, the city of New Jersey is expecting to make over $600 million from excited football fans. Nearly 100,000 screaming adults will pack out the stadium. And each of those fans happily paid an average ticket price of over $2,600. On top of that, another 111 million people are expected to watch the game in some way or another, which will earn advertising revenues upwards of another $300 million. Undoubtedly, the Super Bowl is one of the biggest money-making, ratings-boostings events of the entire year. Young and old alike will endure cold temperatures, long lines, and uncomfortable seats. They will encounter perfect strangers and be asked to part with their hard-earned money on a regular basis. They will disagree with the officials and be frustrated with the people in charge. They'll suffer disappointments and exult in triumphs. Their entire day will revolve around this one event because they're a fan. And not just one day, this week it takes careful planning and preparation to attend an event like this. Certain types of clothing will be purchased at premium prices and carefully chosen to reflect who they support And what they stand for Travel arrangements must be made far in advance Schedules rearranged And celebration is expected and encouraged So let's put something in perspective this morning Today, a little over 111 million fans Will be involved in a football game But here's the interesting thing Only about 17 million people Stay involved with football for all of the other games that are played throughout the year. Those people aren't just fans, they're followers. They're the people who eat, breathe, and sleep football. You see, the word fan simply means an enthusiastic admirer. Fans don't pay attention until things get exciting, and then suddenly when the Super Bowl comes around, they they get on board. And, and most of the year they're not paying any attention, but a follower talks about the game that just happened and the game that's about to happen. A follower is so passionate about the game that... Others find it strange and hard to relate to. A follower is upset when his team is struggling and exuberant when they are victorious. A follower knows every detail of the rule book and all the stats about the players involved. A a follower is fully committed long before Easter and Christmas. Did anybody catch how I just did that there? A follower is involved more than just a few services of the year or just or just a a little offering once in a while because a follower shows up to church early and prays longer than the rest because a follower cares about the outcome of the event. The, the follower is worried about whether or not God's going to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost on Sunday morning. A, a follower is concerned about whether or not a sinner is going to walk in and be changed by the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A, a follower does more than just get up late and rub sleep out of their eyes and come and, and suffer through it. service because a follower is fully committed to the kingdom of God a follower supports the church when it's weak when it's struggling and when it's strong and powerful a follower will follow Jesus through valleys and through difficult times and he'll climb to the mountaintops with Jesus a fan shows up to church once in a while, but a follower can't wait for the doors to open. A fan admires Jesus, but doesn't really know Jesus. But a follower is fully committed to going with Jesus wherever he leads. Like the song says, they, they're singing in their heart, Lead me, Lord, I will follow. Lead me, Lord, I will go. Jesus has millions of fans these days. Fans are a dime a dozen, but true followers are much fewer in number. And Jesus didn't come to build a fan base. In fact, if you study all of the Gospels, you'll find that Jesus was actually looking for fully committed followers. When Jesus first saw Peter, James, and John, what did he say? He said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. In Matthew chapter 18, there were massive crowds of people or fans... They were all around Jesus. The Bible says that there were times in Jesus at the height of His ministry when He would spend entire days doing nothing but healing people. Can you imagine the commotion that would cause if if Jesus was here with us today and He was just healing people all day long? You wouldn't wouldn't be able to keep the doors shut. People would break down the doors. They They would tear up the roofs of people's homes to get their loved ones where Jesus was. Because when things are exciting and the miracles are flowing and the blessings are happening, everybody wants to be a fan of Jesus. And there was one particular day Jesus was healing so many people. The crowds were everywhere and they were pressing up against Jesus. One story we know, the familiar, the woman with the issue of blood, she pressed through the crowd to get to Jesus because so many people were around him that it was difficult to even see him or come close to him. And in this particular day, he had been healing all day long and he told his closest disciples, Peter, James, and John, he said, I, I want you to take me to the other side of the lake. I want to go to the other side away from these crowds. there." And there was a certain scribe who was a fan of Jesus who when he saw that Jesus was leaving, he rushed over to where Jesus was and said, Jesus, I will follow you wherever thou goest. I want to go where you're going. And, and most of us would have been signing him up as the newest member of the church at that moment, but Jesus looked at him and said, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Jesus realized in that moment, being God manifest in the flesh, he was able to look into that man's heart and he saw that this was a fair weather fan and not a faithful follower. I think we all have to decide at some point or another whether or not we're going to be a fan of Jesus or a follower of Jesus. Sometimes we try, I'm guilty. We preachers try to candy coat the gospel to attract crowds. But Jesus never played a gimmick or lured fans with false promises or sugar-coated reality. Jesus said things like, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. That doesn't sound like the newest gimmick to give away a Cadillac and get somebody to attend a church, does it? No. Jesus said, no, you've got to pick up your cross and follow me. We read in our text of, the, of this rich young ruler. I've always been fascinated by the story of the rich young ruler. He came to Jesus and, and this was a good man. This would have typified we, of what we think of, of that individual who's a good person, a nice person, a kind person. Society looks at them and deems them acceptable to society. And he came rushing to Jesus with one question. The crowds were all around and Jesus had been teaching. And he rushed and he said, Master, I, I want to know what, I, what I've got to do to follow you to inherit eternal life. And Jesus looked at this young man and he loved him, the Bible says. And he cared about him. And in that moment, he, he did something very strange He said, you know the Ten Commandments, you know all of these things. And he said, yes, I've done all of these good deeds my entire life. And Jesus says, but there's one thing that you have not done. I want you to go and sell everything that you have and give it to the poor and follow me. Jesus was saying, I want to make sure that you're willing to be a follower who is fully committed. And not just a fan who wants to come in in the middle of the blessings and in the middle of the excitement and commit for a short-term commitment. But I want you to follow me. And that young man in that moment, he had to make a crucial decision in his life if he was going to be a fan or a follower of Jesus. I find it's interesting. If you look in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus looked at him and, and he said, I want, you to, I want you to follow me. Jesus actually began to talk to him and he used the same language that he used when he called all of his other disciples. Peter, James, and John. He said, I want you to follow me. And when the young man rejected, you know, I've often thought about this. I think this rich young ruler could have been the 12th apostle. Is it possible We know that Judas was going to deny Jesus and we know that Paul eventually came into that slot. But is it possible that Jesus was trying to call an apostle to follow him? But this young man was not willing to make the commitment that was necessary to be a follower of Jesus. How many want to be a follower of Jesus today? Peter had to make this decision. As you know, Peter, he put down his net. Some of us, even even when we've been walking with Jesus for a while, we may may think that we're a follower, but actually we're operating like a fan. Peter was, was one of those that had followed Jesus from the very beginning. He was enthusiastic. Peter is one of my favorite characters in the Bible because he's one of the most enthusiastic characters in the Bible. And as you know, he stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached the famous Message, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of sins. And you shall, you shall, I wish I could get a witness this morning. You shall receive, if you've got the Holy Ghost, I wish you'd clap your hands to the Lord. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He was was an exciting preacher. He was a great man, and he followed Jesus. But there came a point in his life where he had to confront his true heart, his true character, and reevaluate who he was in God. And we see him on the Last Supper whenever things heating up. A lot of fans had already slipped away from Jesus. A, a lot of fair weather friends had already slipped away from a relationship with Jesus. As soon as they came to Gethsemane and took him away. And as, and as, the, and as the persecution came, a whole lot of people who had been following Jesus were nowhere to be found. I've often wondered where were, the Bible says that Jesus healed so many people and did so many miracles that that there's not even enough books to contain the things that he did. He did more than we even have recorded in the word of God. He did countless things. He did things that we don't even know today. We'll only know it in heaven. And I've often wondered that has to be thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people who were healed by Jesus in just a short amount of time. And when he stood before Caiaphas, and as they stood there, and as they judged Jesus, and as they plotted for him to go to Calvary, where were the thousands of people who had been healed? Where was blind Bartimaeus? Uh, I've often wondered, where was that leper who came back and thanked him? He was nowhere to be found when Jesus stood before Caiaphas. Where was the woman with the issue of blood? As Pilate stood there and they cried out and Pilate gave them a choice. He said, you, you can even take Barabbas or you can choose Jesus. I'm going to let the crowd decide. You know what I would have been doing? I would have been running with all of the thousands of people who had been healed by Jesus. And we would have been shouting, we want Jesus. Give us Jesus. He healed. He healed my body. I wish somebody who'd been healed by Jesus today would wave your hand as as a testimony that you're more than a fan. You're a follower of Jesus. If Jesus has ever blessed your finances, I wish you'd shout out to God with a voice of triumph. I'm not just a fan. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm in this for the long haul. I'm in this all the way. I'm on my way to heaven. And I'm so glad. The devil can't do me no harm. Oh, my God. Throw everything you've got at us, Caiaphas. Uh, Pilate, go ahead and make your decision. Uh, I'm going to be following Jesus. Uh, Go ahead and nail his hands uh, to that old rugged cross uh, and let the blood drip down uh, as they gamble for his garments. Uh, I will be with Mary uh, at the foot of the cross uh, following after Jesus. I wish somebody who's a follower would clap your hands. uh, Clap your hands. uh, Clap your hands. Uh, He deserves it today Uh, he deserves our high praise this morning hallelujah 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 go ahead centurion beat him until he bleeds I'll still be following Jesus go ahead sir put that crown of thorns press it on his head I know he looks weak right now go ahead Thrust that spear in aside and blood and water flows. I know it looks hopeless. I know it's dark. I know the devil's throwing a party in hell. And, and the demons think they've won this battle. But they just don't know that with God there's always a third day. Oh hallelujah, with God there's always a stone that can be rolled away With God anything is possible And I'm going to be following him when they beat him till he bleeds I'm going to follow Jesus when the world says it's cool And when the world says it's not cool young person I'm going to follow Jesus when my friends think it's cool And when my friends reject me I'm going to keep on following Jesus Because I have made up my mind that I am going to be a follower Jesus. Here was Peter. We all know the story. He stood at the last supper and he looked at Jesus and Jesus is trying to explain to them. He tried over and over again to to prepare them that he was going to suffer and he was going to die and difficult times were coming. And he's going to have to go away. And Peter was, was frustrated with this kind of teaching. Have you ever been to that place? Have you, can we just be honest today that there are things and there are times when the word of God is preached and it comes to our life. And we're frustrated with what God's trying to tell us. Can we be honest today? Sometimes God gives us a hard truth that's hard for us to handle. And Jesus was giving them the truth, but it wasn't an easy pill to swallow. And Peter, in his exuberance and his zeal, he said, Jesus, I don't know where you're going. I don't know what's about to happen. And he said, but I want to follow you there. How many remember that? Jesus had been talking about, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And Peter said, listen, I'll follow you and I'll do that. And Jesus said, no, where I'm going, you can't go. And then it wasn't but just a few short hours later that that same Peter was denying with cursing, even knowing who Jesus was. In that moment, he had pulled away from what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. And he had gone into a place of denial. Maybe I'm preaching to somebody today that, you follow Jesus and you're at a place where you feel yourself pulling away from Jesus, slipping into fan mode. You're, you're slipping into that. You're an enthusiastic admirer, you like what's happening, and, and the idea of it seems good. The idea of being a Christian seems good. The idea of being faithful sounds good, but actually doing it is another story. And you're slipping away, and things are swirling, and you feel like you need to pull away from Jesus. Can I remind you what happened? I I love the story of Peter because he was so overwhelmed. Can I tell somebody, it doesn't matter what you do or how hard you fall. If you will come back to Jesus, he will always, always, always. I wish a saint of God would testify with me of this this morning. He will always receive you back to himself. Always. And we know after Jesus was resurrected, he came back and he appeared to his disciples on several occasions. And and I love the story when Jesus was standing on the shore and they were out in the boat and they'd been fishing all night. And Jesus repeated a miracle that he'd already done. And he said, and they brought in the catch and they came to shore. And as they approached in that early morning light and Peter looked and he saw and he recognized That's Jesus over there And he was the only one of the disciples Oh I wish someone would get a hold of this Who was so overcome with emotion That he wouldn't even wait until the boat got to the shore He jumped out of that boat into the water And he splashed his way to where Jesus was And he began I wish somebody today would make up your mind You're going to get to Jesus I don't care if you failed him he ran to where Jesus was and he worshiped Jesus. And in the midst of all of that that happened, one of the most beautiful scenes in your Bible transpires where Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, lovest thou me? Do you love me, Peter? Peter said, Yes, Lord. You know. Look, I just jumped out of this boat, I just, I just got wet. I just ran to the shore. You know that I love you. And Jesus looked at him a second time. Peter, lovest thou me? Lord, you know that I love you a third time. Lovest thou me? Peter denied the Lord three times. Jesus asked him three times. Peter, are you sure you're a follower? Are you sure you're not just a fan? And Peter said, Lord, you know, I'm willing to suffer. Whatever I have to do, I'm willing, Lord. Oh, I wish someone would stretch up your hand right now as the musicians come. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that you'd help somebody today. You're ministering to someone, Lord. Someone's making a decision to be fully committed to you and to what it means to walk with you and serve you. Let me close with this. If you will be a follower of Jesus... Jesus promised himself that there would be signs that would follow you. Stand with me all across the building. Mark 16 and 17. Jesus said, these signs shall follow. Oh, I like that. Them that believe in my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Now, can I just pause here? They're not going to do it on purpose. Nobody's going to be picking up any serpents. On purpose. If you have to. The Lord will help you. If they drink any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands. On the sick. And they shall. Recover. If you'll follow Jesus. Signs will follow you. And his spirit. Will be in you. Praise the Lord. We lift up our hands. I want to. I want to go ahead and open up this altar. I know that I haven't preached my typical message today, but I'm reaching for somebody who is struggling with whether or not you're going to be fully committed to following Jesus or if you're going to be a sideline fan. I wonder if you're here today and you've made up your mind that you're going to follow Jesus no matter what. I wonder if you'd go ahead and come to this altar and lift up your hands and say, Lord... Where you lead me, I will follow. Could we do that? Wherever you lead me, Lord. If we've committed. Lord, if, if it's the mountaintop I want to go there and celebrate. Whatever it is, God. I want to follow you, Jesus. And I want to make you a promise from the word of God. That if you will follow Jesus. And if you will be fully committed. There will be signs and wonders that follow in your life. That manifest themselves. As they began to sing the song, would you lift up your hand all over the building right now? And let's say, Lord, where you lead me, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I will follow